Hey, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question I just asked the kids. Is who am I? Yeah, exactly. A child of God. Hey, <laughs> we're done. Hey, next communion. No, just kidding. No, you're right, though. Thank you. But the reality is, every day I wake up, I ask myself that question. Who am I? To be honest with you, I end the day with that question. And I would be hard-pressed if not every one of us here this morning wakes up asking the question, who am I? And after a long day, we get home and we ask ourselves, who am I? You know, I'm going to say a few words and these words, you might think of an identity that you have that might relate to these words. I'm going to start with this first word, politics. Somewhere, when I say that word, you identify with another word, don't you? Don't say it out loud. Sexuality. Who am I? Passions. What, 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 gets you, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What are you passionate about? Does that answer the question, who am I for you? For some of us, it's we get up every morning and we go to work and we ask ourselves, who are we? Who am I? And for others, we get up in the morning and we ask, okay, what role am I playing right now, <laughs> right? Which hat am I wearing right now? Am I wearing the husband hat, the daddy hat, the link director hat, the whatever hat I need to wear so that everybody likes me hat? And I got to tell you, all these hats, all these roles, all these identities, I'm just spinning all the plates up in the air. Right? And then I'm just striving. Trying to make things happen. You know, I saw a statistic this week that said that one in four people post-COVID are dealing with some kind of mental health issue. So if you look around the room, one in four of us is struggling right now. And it's probably because a whole lot of different things. But maybe it's just because we're not sure who we are. Maybe we're not completely sure and can completely answer the question with all solidarity of who I am. Who am I? This is the question we're wrestling with today. And uh, I'm going to... Put up there, I guess it's already up there, you see this, identity. Go back, go back a slide. Yeah, here, here's a slide I want you to see. Identity, identity, my personal identity or my self-worth is performance plus, or times, excuse me, times others' opinions. You know, all those plates were, all those roles were trying to keep up in the air. We're all trying to figure out, am I, am I worthy? 
And, and, and one way that we try to, do, we try to uh, answer that question is, is, you know, how am I performing? What does others think of me? I could ask that question of my marriage. How am I doing, Joy? What do you think of me, Joy? And depending on what she says, I, it could be really bad or mostly really good. But the reality is, we're, if, we're not, if we're honest with ourselves, we all struggle with that, don't we? Finding our identity and finding our self-worth. And here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I came here to church this morning hoping to hear a, about some hope. <laughs> How about you? I, you know, I didn't come here to hear a, a downer message. I came here to give us some hope, Lonnie. Is there a better way? Is there a way that I can know who I am and not be striving to discover who I am based on how I perform in front of others and how what others think about me? Is there another way? Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm here to tell you there's another way. Don't leave yet. There's another way. And that other way is true identity is knowing who God is so that we can know who we are. True identity is knowing who God is so that we can know who we are. You see, if, if the beginning point is me, boy, I'm in trouble already. But if trying to answer that question, who am I, begins with God, totally different story. Now, in our text today, Jesus is on mission. Jesus has just fed the 5,000. Jesus took two fish and five loaves and fed 5,000 people. You know, the expectations that people had on Jesus were pretty, pretty huge, weren't they? But Jesus, in his humanity... He found himself in a place where he needed to get some rest. And so he travels up to a place, uh, a mountain near Caesarea Philippi, and, and he goes to church with his three friends, Peter, James, and John. And he goes there to pray, right? You ever notice that whenever Jesus is praying, the disciples are sleeping? They're nodding off. What if I told you this morning that God is inviting you and me not to perform, but to simply come and join Him? Join Him on the mountain. No expectations, tired, weary, striving, all this expectation. Come with me. Come with me. Let's go up the mountain. Let's find some rest. So they get up on the mountain, and, and lo and behold, they have guests. <laughs> Moses and Elijah. The summary of the whole Testament. The giver of the law and the prophetic voice of Elijah show up. 
And they're talking with Jesus, and they're talking about his departure, about his way to the cross. And what do you think Jesus needs to hear more than anything as he heads into his Galilean ministry and then heads up to Jerusalem? What do you think Jesus needs to hear more than anything? Luke chapter 9, verse 35 says, And a voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. What did Jesus need to hear more than anything? Where is his identity? His identity is in the Father. Woo! I love when my dad calls me. When he calls me on the phone and he says, How you doing, son? I'm like, Dad, I'm okay. But just to hear the words, son, makes all the world to me. And so Jesus is is coming into his ministry and he's, he's about to embark on the second part of his ministry, heading to the cross, and he needs to hear from his daddy, Abba, Father. He needs to hear from his daddy. This is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. I venture to say that my dad would say, this is my son. He'd take ownership of me at the age of 50 years old. He still thinks I'm something. He'd call me chosen, my chosen one. And then he might say to you, maybe Lonnie has something to tell you. Listen to him. Inside of that, there's something that's so necessary for life, isn't it? To know who we are. When we know who God is, we know who we are. Three words. Perfect dad, servant king, sender. Sorry, five words. Perfect dad, servant king, sender. Perfect dad. That word, father, Abba, father, is dad. It says in Isaiah 64, 8, Yet you, Lord, are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. So we have a father. So what does that make us? Family. We're family. Because we belong to Jesus and belong to the Father, we're family. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, 18, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. We are family. We are a beloved child of Abba. It says in John chapter 1, verse 12, Yet to all who... Receive him to those who believe in his name. He gave them the right to become what? Children of God. Not only do we have a Abba Father, but we have a suffering servant, a servant king. It says in Isaiah, if we, we believe this statement about Jesus, Isaiah 42.1, it says, 
Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. Jesus is the servant king. That makes us servants of the king. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, For what we preach to it is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants. For Jesus' sake. If we are servants, then I'm a disciple of Jesus. John 12, 26 says, Whoever serves me must follow me. That's what a disciple means. And where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who what? Serves me. Abba, Father, Servant, Lord, sender. It says in John 14, 26, But the Advocate, the one who is advocating us for us before the Father, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. The teacher is the Holy Spirit. And what is the Holy Spirit teaching? Missionaries like you and me. We are missionaries. It says in John chapter 20, 21, it says, Jesus said, to, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending. We're missionaries. We're missionaries. And each one of us is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 6 19, Do you not know? that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Perfect dad, servant king, Holy Sender. If we know who God is, we know who we are. If we know who God is, you know who you are. You know, as we think about the Holy Spirit, and I kind of ask myself this question, you know, why am I here this morning? And if each and every one of us comes into this place, I don't know about you, do you expect like some change? Do you expect some transformation? That through the process of worship and being together and praying together, something's going to change? And what is it that's going to change? As we practice the spiritual discipline of worship, what ought to change is that the fruit inside of us should change. As the Spirit is at work in our lives, we, may, we should be growing in the capacity to love more, to have peace when we're hearing about a war, to have joy more, kindness, gentleness. All the fruits of the Spirit 
We come here so that God can transform our hearts, fill our hearts, so that as we are sent by the Holy Spirit into the world, we're more loving, we're more full of joy, we're full, full of kindness and gentleness. Somehow, some way, we have a little bit of self-control. As we leave this place, having heard the Word of God, having worshipped God together, we ought to bear fruit. And so my wife, Joy, should see a change in Lonnie. More loving, more peaceful, more kind, more gentle. See, this is what God, this is, this is why we're here. This is why Lent is just around the corner. It's not just so we can feel pious and feel good about ourselves. No, God works through the spiritual disciplines. He works through worship. He works through Bible study. He works through all these things we give ourselves to so that we can bear fruit. I'm going to close with this story. So um, I went to Honduras again. <laughs> I think last time I was here, I went to Honduras. I went to Honduras again, and, and I was with uh, my, my good friend Edwin. He's, he's, he's a pastor, but we call each other brother and sister down there, so brother Edwin. And uh, I had, I had uh, taken a COVID test because last time I was down there, you had to take your COVID test 72 hours before you get on the flight. My flight's on Monday morning at 7 a.m. So we go and we get our, our COVID tests on, on uh, Saturday. Sunday afternoon, 12 hours before I get on the flight, I try to upload my COVID test to the United Airlines website. It gets rejected. Because the policy had changed. You had to do it the day before. So I called Brother Edwin. I said, Brother Edwin, I got a problem, man. You got to come pick me up right now. We got to get another COVID test, and it's 6 o'clock at night. Brother Edwin on the other line? No problem, Pastor. I'll be right there. Okay, if he gets there, we go to the place we got the COVID test the day before. It was closed. We go to the hospital. And the hospital can do the test, but they can't be certified to 11. And I fly at 7. So we start to pray. Brother Edwin goes, let us pray, Pastor. So we start to pray. He's not concerned. We start to pray. A nurse walks out. Or excuse me, a doctor walks out. He says, what are you guys doing? Well, we're praying. What are you praying for? Well, we need a COVID test, and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go next. An hour from here, I went home for Christmas. On Christmas Eve, and I got a COVID test at this clinic about an hour from here. If you go there, 15 minutes, $40, you got your COVID test. Really? Yeah. Okay. Get in, we pack back in the van. We're in the van. Lonnie of little faith. <laughs> Pastor Ed, or Brother Edwin, I think we should call, because this is an hour there, an hour back. We should call and make sure they're, they're open. Okay, Brother Lonnie, so he calls and nobody's answering the phone. So we stay on course. We get there. 
We pray all the way there. We get to the hospital, to the clinic. There's a beautiful young lady. She takes our names and our money. We get the COVID test in 15 minutes, and I can fly the next day. We get back in the van, and we praise God all the way back to Brother Edwin's house. And we eat dinner at 10, 10 o'clock at night. We break bread together. Brothers and sisters in Christ, not once was Edwin concerned. Why? Because he has the fruits of the Spirit. And he knew all we got to ask is Daddy. And Daddy will change everything. Amen? That's the truth. Amen? Let's praise God. Praise God. I got on a plane. I got home. I got to tell you, if I hadn't got on that plane, it was going to cost me $1,000. I was praying hard. Well, that's all I got this morning. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you know who you are. You're loved by Abba Father. You're here to serve the King. And God's sending us to the world. Be of good cheer. God loves you. I love you. Amen.